The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collin. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin. Today on Family Matters, I will be talking with Rosalind Sadaka about dating and relationships after divorce. Both Rosalind and I have been divorced, and that was a factor in where we are in our careers in both cases. I became a family mediator partly as a result of my divorce, and Rosalind Sadaka has developed a number of websites that are helpful to parents and to people in the process of divorce and to people post-divorce dealing with their dating and their relationships. She's a divorce and parenting coach and author, and she's been an expert contributor to the Huffington Post, Cupid'sPulse.com, FirstWivesClub.com, and other websites and blogs that are about dating after divorce or dating in midlife or divorce or parenting issues. So you'll hear more from Rosalind as time goes by about ebooks that are available and other resources. Meanwhile, welcome to the show, Rosalind. It's a pleasure to be talking with you again, Virginia. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Thank let's, you. Let's start with a little bit of the story. Um, what, ha- what more specifically prompted you to get into this field and, and start working on helping people with divorce and such? Yes, it was very personal. My son was 11 years old when I was getting my divorce, and I was traumatized for literally weeks and weeks and weeks about how to break the news to him without scarring him emotionally and psychologically and without screwing up the rest of his life. We see so many headlines where families of divorce really have negative consequences, and I just didn't want to fall into that situation. And one after weeks and weeks of staying up at night, one night at 4 in the morning I came up with an idea and I decided to follow up with it. And it was a very unique approach to breaking the divorce news. Nothing out there was telling you, think, um, there's articles and places that will tell you what to say, but no one really tells you how to say it and how to do it effectively. And I came up with a very different approach that I'd never seen used before, and it was very effective. And then I went on to co-parent my son from age 11 on to um, young adulthood. And one day in his early 20s, he came to me and said, you know, Ma, you and Dad did a really good job with the divorce. Most of my friends with divorced parents hate their parents. They were very upset and, and angry at them. 
and I just want to tell you, you guys were, were great. Thank you. Well, that was the greatest relief of my life. And I, I said to myself, you know, there's a lot that you can share with other people having gone through this and having gone through well. And that's what gave me the, the courage to move ahead and start the Child Centered Divorce Network and then write my signature book, How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce?, and then move ahead into creating other courses and programs and products for people who are going through divorce if they're parents. Because if you're not a parent, divorce is a, is a process that, as painful as it may be, it ends. But when you're a parent, the process never ends because co-parenting goes on for the rest of your life. And there's so much more you have to understand because we are responsible for possibly scarring and, and hurting our innocent children. And so that's the area that I moved into as a specialist to help anyone who's a parent before, during, and after divorce, and then helping parents make better decisions when they start dating again and, and striving for a new relationship, because if you haven't learned anything in the process, you're going to make the same mistakes again and repeat the, the pain of having an unsuccessful relationship. So that's the world that I'm immersed in and one that I'm very passionate about. All right. We definitely plan to spend most of this show talking about dating and relationships post-divorce. But before we go there, I want to know about this 4 o'clock in the morning eureka moment. <laughs> okay. um, what, what was a, the real, how short, did you tell your son? In a, in a short um, synopsis, I created a storybook in a photo album with, with um, text that I wrote. My background is in writing. And um, explaining that to my, my son that there was a life before the divorce and there's going to be a life after the divorce. And the divorce is not the end of the world. It's another chapter in our family's life, and we will always be a family. And then I added family photos to the text and used age-appropriate language. And when I turned my personal storybook into a book, it became an ebook that parents download, and there's age-appropriate templates for ages 5 to 10 or 10 to 15, where parents can customize, fill in the blanks in certain places, and then use my text, which prov- provides the key messages that every parent needs, that every child needs to hear when they're going through the divorce process, and that really helps them, and it acts as a script for the parents at the time of having that terrible conversation, breaking the divorce news. So the parents are more prepared. It gets them on the same page, and the book can be reread over and over again by the children to remind them of the key messages that are so important for them. And I have six psychotherapists who contributed to the book, all of us re-emphasizing the message of how important it is for parents to prepare their children, and then step up to being mature and responsible in handling the divorce. Okay, thank you. So back to dating. How do, what's a good way for a person to know whether he or she is ready to start dating again after a divorce? Well, that's a really good, good question. 
the important thing is to really do the inner work and ask yourself some key questions. What lessons did I learn from my divorce? If you're still filled with anger and bitterness and rage and resentment and out to hurt your ex, then you're not ready to step into having another relationship because there's a lot of baggage that you're going to be bringing into that relationship, let alone the baggage that's still affecting you in your own life and and with your children. So you really need to be able to look objectively and say, what did I learn from the divorce? What part did I play in it? What decisions did I make? What What would I do different next time? And use that wisdom and look at it as a gift. The, gift, the divorce can be a very painful process that no one chooses to go, to go through. But if, if it happens, then you want to find some value from it. And if you get insight and awareness, then you can make shifts and changes, whether you do them yourself, whether you do them with a counselor or a group or, or some other support process. But that gives you the ability to move ahead and realize that you have new choices and new options moving ahead, but you can't do it if you're looking backwards and still emotionally holding on to the past. Do you have any comments about or for people who start dating even before they're divorced? You know, they've separated and a month later, they're out at the bar seeing who they can meet? Right. It Most professionals really feel that that's not a healthy way because it unless you are really prepared and have closed that emotional and psychological door to the past you're really not ready to be starting a new relationship and it's very important to learn how to be with yourself to spend some time having a relationship with yourself deciding how much you really love and value yourself and if any of that played a part in the failure of your other your marriage or your past relationship if if your self-esteem is not high enough and your 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 uh, values of of your own worth is not high enough if you've been used or manipulated in any way in the past if you were controlled or were too controlling yourself any of those things are going to affect a new relationship. And if you're, you can't be alone and spend time with yourself and develop a loving relationship with yourself, then it's very unlikely that you're going to find a meaningful, lasting relationship ahead. And that's sad because you, you have the possibility at this point, this is a transition point in your life, when you really can make a shift and open the door to attracting a much healthier, more positive relationship ahead. But it doesn't happen by magic, and it doesn't happen by accident. What if you're not looking for another relationship? You just want to have some fun. Well, there's nothing wrong with having some fun. And go ahead and have fun. But after a point, you're, you may find that the people you're attracting into your life are very repetitive of the kind of partner you, you were living with to, um, be, before the breakup. And so that would be indicative of the fact that something in your life isn't, isn't working right. 
So having fun is one thing, but we also want to be responsible that are we using another person? Is the other party also just having fun? You don't want to be breaking hearts and creating attachments to other people who may not be in the same place as you. So you have to be very careful. You have to be very honest with yourself and be honest with potential partners when you're moving back into the dating world. And that's one of the first questions you really want to talk about after the first few dates if if someone is interesting where are you and what are you looking for now is this just fun after a breakup is this something more serious and meaningful are you looking to get a committed relationship or do you want to spend the rest of your life not committed if people aren't both on the same page that can be troublesome for one party or the other Yes, that can be painful for one of the dating partners or both. And yes. I think we should also mention that it's important to protect your kids from getting much involved with people you're just dating for fun. Well, um, that's one of the most important elements. When you're dating and you have children, you don't have the freedom to just do whatever you want and and not pay attention. So one of the cardinal rules that most every expert agrees about is not to involve your children in any relationship partner connections until you are really in what you consider to be a serious, committed relationship. When you have that revolving door of dating for three months here and two months there and six months after that and and you're bringing home different partners, it can be very un- insecure and unstable for children to be in an environment like that. They also are looking at you as a role model, and if they're seeing you just going through a, a range of partners, one after another after another, what are you teaching them about relationships and love and trust and integrity? And very often, they have an attachment to their other parent. And so it makes it more difficult for you when you're dating, especially if you're casually dating, to be bringing these partners home because the children don't want to see you with new partners. And so if you wait until you feel you have someone who's serious and meaningful in your life and someone who you're not likely to be breaking up with in a few weeks or a few months, then at least the children can be focused on that one individual before they open their hearts and have it broken because they can get very attached to a new partner, have fun, think this is a great person, and then suddenly they're gone. Children of divorce definitely don't need to have other adults come and go in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> well, back to the adults. You've mentioned really sort of checking your own self-esteem level and doing some work. If your self-esteem is low, you know, find out what you need to do to build it up and then do that. Um, What else do people need to do to be really ready for dating again? Because dating has a lot of ups and downs. Yes, that's a great question. You, You want to be asking yourself some very pivotal questions. You know, what am I looking for in a partner? And decide what are some of the non-negotiable essential qualities and versus the ones that you can be flexible about. I find so often in, in working with individuals that they're too focused on 
the physical appearance and, and they're looking for someone with this height or weight or color hair or this kind of profession or things that, that are more superficial and they're not as focused on the character and integrity and qualities. So you want to be in, in alignment when it comes to values when it comes to important things like are are you going to be dating someone who is a smoker or a drinker or an addict of some kind or a gambler? I mean, how do you feel about those things? How do you feel about religious and spiritual beliefs or, or lack of them, political persuasions, philosophical persuasions? How do you feel about the way you handle money? And, and the lifestyle you're, you're living. You, you want to be, be looking for people who you feel comfortable with on the deepest level and then be more flexible if their job is different than you expected or their height or weight is different than you expected. And you'll find that it's much easier to really be with a person who shares your values than it is to just base it on immediate instant chemistry with someone who looks great, and then when you find out that they're very shallow or insincere or, or lying or abusive or something like that, that, that's a much more destructive way of going. So it's important to have the right criteria, not be too specific and limited in your thinking, and yet make sure that you're dealing with someone. And this, this takes time. You want to them to pass the integrity test. You want to make sure that what they tell you is honest and that uh, nowadays there's much easier ways of checking up on things like that because of social media and, and the Internet. So one could, you know, really find out if someone is really working where they say they're working or living where they say they're, they're living, uh, especially when you're doing online dating there, because it's so easy to be deceitful. So you want to take your time and, and check these people out as potential partners. And then you want to see how they behave during situations. How do they behave when they're in traffic? Or, or if someone is rude to them in public, how do they behave in a restaurant? You know, there's, there's qualities that, that come out during times of stress when they're sick, when something happened at work. And you want to see how that partner is behaving because that's indicative of so much about their personality and, and their values. So take your time and be very okay. careful that you're not bringing old baggage from previous relationships into your current relationships so that you're not okay. coloring this person because you you have a, a belief that all women are this or all men are, do that. You well, have to give like your new really partner a chance. Rosalind, this sounds like really good advice. And right now we need to take a break and we'll come back with a lot more good advice because I know you have a lot more good advice. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions. 
especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Family members too often find themselves in court arguing about separation, parenting schedules, financial issues, divorce, estates, or care of an elderly relative. There's a better way to solve a family problem. Work with a professional mediator in private, confidential meetings. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at APFMNet.org. That's APFMNET.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at collinfamilymediationgroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. Welcome back to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Collin, and I'm talking today with Rosalind Sadaka, who is an expert about parenting and about divorce and about dating and getting into new relationships again after you've been divorced. So we have talked some about preparing yourself emotionally and knowing what you're looking for. I wonder... Rosalind, what are some of the mistakes that people often make when they start dating again? And how can people avoid those mistakes? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the biggest mistakes is what I call fairy tale thinking. And that's believing that a new partner is going to make your life better, fix you, make the world better, and eliminate all the problems you may have had beforehand. And that is so untrue. The, the reality is that it's not your partner's job to make you happy. And if that's what you were expecting and that's why you got a divorce, then, you, then you're in for a rude awakening because no one else on the planet can make you happy except you. That's an inside job. So, so putting the demands and expectations on a new partner to make things right in your life, to make you feel better about yourself, to make you feel better about the way you look, to um, make you more charming or personable or whatever it is, is, is sets them up for 
disappointment because they can't do it and you're going to end up rejecting them and look for another partner. And if this is a pattern, then it's going to happen for the rest of your life because no one can complete you and no one can fix you. You have to do that yourself. So you have to be very careful about erroneous expectations and beliefs that you have. You also want to be careful that that you're not um, misreading the person. I I always tell um, clients to trust their intuitive gut feeling about another party. Sometimes we're so eager or desperate to to have someone in our lives, a partner, that we overlook a lot. Now, no one is perfect, and we shouldn't have the expectation of a perfect partner, but there are certain things you don't want to be overlooking because those are dangerous things, and that's, there's a big difference between them. So you want to be able to make sure that you trust your gut feeling. If someone is, is acting too controlling or manipulative, or if you're catching them in, in untruths or exaggerations that, that become um, unrealistic in your life, if they don't honor their word and if, if they're not dependable when you need them, these are qualities that are not going to improve no matter how many times someone apologizes. So you have to um, trust that gut feeling early on because too often I see clients who look back and say, yes, they were red flags. I knew. I kind of knew. I shouldn't have. I, I had doubts. But I moved ahead anyway because it's harder and harder the longer the relationship evolves. It's harder and harder to leave the relationship and make a break when it, it's much easier earlier on. So you got to trust that um, gut feeling and mm-hmm. know that you deserve someone who treats you well. And if you weren't treated well in the past, then take the time to understand what it is from your own past that led you into opening the door to someone who is abusive or mistreating you in some way. Or whether you do that yourself, sometimes we have a tendency to be attracted to weaker people or, or people with low self-esteem, and then we manipulate or control them. And that, that's a tendency that, that has to be acknowledged in ourselves. We can't change anything we don't acknowledge first. Okay, so definitely avoid fairy tale thinking. Definitely avoid unrealistic expectations and don't tolerate, don't stay, don't keep dating a person who's not treating you well and doesn't have integrity. Yes, are there other, mis- other mistakes? Uh, that yeah, are- well, it, 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 a lot of it falls under the umbrella of settling. Sometimes we don't feel valued in the relationship, but we still settle for this because we're just afraid that there may be no one in our lives. So if you feel you're coming from a place of neediness and desperation, then that's not a healthy relationship that you want to you put energy into. You need to know that you are being treated like a valued person and respected. Respect is one of the key ingredients that makes or breaks relationships. When One of the first things that goes in relationships that turn sour and often end up in divorce is, is respect. 
there's a lack of respect in the partners. So if you're feeling disrespected, especially early on in a relationship, you don't want to move any further into it because that's just a place uh, that's not going to get you anywhere. That's not the, the route to a healthy relationship. And you want to make sure that you're not feeling frightened, intimidated, controlled, or, or in any other way like that because that those are not the signs of being in a healthy relationship with a partner who who values you. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, I know that single parents have limited time for anything beyond earning a living and raising their kids. So definitely pa- single parents don't want to waste time looking for a good dating partner in the wrong place. What's a good place to look? How do people find the dating partners who are really going to be right for them? That's a great question, too. I say the answer is where you haven't been looking before. You know, we're all creatures of habit, and we have, we have our social group of friends and our, our work, and we tend to do the same things week after week, month after month. And if you're single... That's an opportunity to make some shifts. So I would go to the places you haven't gone to and haven't been and wouldn't have thought of doing because it's going to open up new areas for you, especially if you're looking for a better caliber of partner than you might have had in the past. Also, honor yourself and your interests. So if you have a hobby or a strong interest in a certain direction, then go look there. <clears throat> in other words, follow, take a course or, or um, join a group or a club that's specifically involved in whatever your interest is, whether it's um, learning music or dancing or sports or a craft or um, computer science or whatever it is. Be in an environment where there are other people who have that interest because you're much more likely to enjoy yourself in that environment, whether you meet someone or not. The people that you, who are there, even if they're not candidates, are very likely to know someone or have a sister or a brother or, or a cousin who may be a good candidate. And, and you know that you're talking to people who are kindred spirits on one level or another. I know I used to... Um, have clients who, women who would say that they would hang out at football games hoping to meet a guy, but they didn't really like football. Oh my gosh. I don't advise doing something you don't like just to meet someone. It never works out in the end. So if, if your passion is, is cooking or, or yoga or traveling, then follow your passion and, and find places where there are people who are kindred spirits there and you're much more likely to be fulfilled, even if it is you're finding other, other friends of the same gender just to be friends with, and then you're more likely to attract another a partner who at least shares those interests because shared interests makes for a stronger bond in a relationship. You have mm-hmm. to go through a lot in a relationship and the the sexual chemistry is not enough to keep a relationship on a long-lasting um, basis. 
So shared interests are very important. I don't believe opposites attract. They may attract temporarily, but I don't believe that um, relationships are served as well when you don't have those shared interests and values. So take the time to find places, groups, clubs, organizations. Um, look on the Internet and, and find them, and then you're more likely to to bump into someone who, who has a shared interest. Also, make sure you tell your friends and family and colleagues at work that you're looking and the type of person you're looking for so that people know there's nothing wrong with, with being fixed up on a blind date. Um, they work out very, very well. And if you are Internet dating, um, put forth your interests and make that a very predominant part of what you're looking for so that you, the, the hobbies and the interests and the strengths you have are there because people do search a lot on via keywords, keywords meaning the specifics. If you like dancing or you hate dancing, well, that's going to help people decide whether or not they want to be a partner of yours. If, if you love animals or hate animals, that's another criteria. So put forth as much about you specifically as you can and I want you're more to likely ask, to find, find people who are partners. I want to ask you to maybe say a little more about Internet dating. Um, it okay. wasn't prominent when I was a single parent, thinking that I didn't have any time for dating anyway, so it didn't much matter. It is how my dad found my stepmom, and that worked out really well for both of them. Mm-hmm. But it's how... Some of my friends have found people who are just lying about their age or their abilities or even their marital status. Yes, there's no doubt about it. It's an easy place for scammers. So you have to do it with with, uh, open eyes and caution. Um, Enough people do meet there that you shouldn't discard it. But first you want to talk on the phone and use that as a way of, of discerning whether or not this person sounds good, makes sense, has the qualities that would even be of, of interest in, in moving ahead. And you could have two or three or, or ten phone conversations before you commit any further. So you're, you're testing the waters and seeing what kind of a person they are when you're talking with them. You could also check out on on Facebook and other social media some of the information that they provide to see if if it is legitimate. And then when you do meet, you want to meet in a very public place for a short time. Meet at a Starbucks, have have a cup of coffee, or a a short picnic in, in a public park, someplace where you are not alone and where you are free to pick up and leave if you find the person just doesn't fit at all the profile that they told you about. If they're 20 years older or um, just don't turn out to be what you were expecting, mm-hmm. always be courteous and cordial. But you could just say, um, I, I'm ready to go. Um, I don't think this is, this is um, you know, a date that I want to continue any longer and move on. And the Internet dating is a numbers game. So you may not, the third or fourth person may not be right, but the fifth or sixth may be. 
you don't know. So you have to be open and willing. But the better you write your profile talking about what you're looking for, the easier it is to qualify prospective partners on the other side so that you're not talking to someone who is the exact opposite of you or hates the things that you love. So put them out there and and be as specific as, as you need to be and just know that even if you're meeting some clunkers along the way, you never know. All you need is one, and I need to remind my uh, clients that very often. You're looking for one person. You're not looking for five or six. So you can you can date freely, have an attitude of, of saying, okay, this is an experience. I'm meeting someone else. And don't get disappointed if it doesn't turn out to be Mr. Wonderful, Miss Wonderful, the first time around, but I have you very f- well may meet some people who are worth pursuing, and it's it's a great way to qualify people more quickly. I have a friend who did some internet dating, and she really had a wonderful approach to it. She said, either I'll meet somebody I really like, or I'll get a good story out of it. Mm-hmm. And she did. I love that. Strange things happened on some of her dates, and she had some really interesting stories. That's right, uh, and, and you learn from those experiences as well. You know, so even even the the experiences which you may say were were not pleasant, they're they're learning experiences. They are great stories, and you know what not to do or say next time around, and so you get smarter and wiser. My own son um, met his wife on through internet dating. And so um, I, we, we all know of lots of happy endings that, that occurred that way. Yes. Um, let's talk about numbers a little bit, because I know I have friends who are single moms who would like to find a right guy for them, but they their sense is that there aren't enough out there. The number yes. of women looking for partners is simply greater than the number of healthy, heterosexual, single males who are interested in relationships. Yes, and I hear that all the time. And, and this is what I say. Whatever we believe becomes our reality. So if you believe there's no one out there for you, you're going to be right because you're going to attract that reality into your life. Circumstances will just prove it again and again. And then you could say, see, I told you. But if you go out there with an expectation that you are going to meet the right person for you, then you will create that just through the expectation because the energy shifts. When you block the energy and you have a firm belief that you're wasting your time, that all the good ones are taken, that there's only a bunch of losers out there, you will inevitably find losers and get frustrated and prove yourself to be right. But behind your being right was your own belief. You have to shift that belief and have, have an understanding that all you need is one, and even if most of the other people you know are not successful, you will find the ideal person because you believe it and so you're expecting it and you're looking for it and you get yourself into situations because of that that opens the door to making it happen. 
So most people are really blocking their own success because they just have such a negative attitude about it. They get so cynical and jaded, and then they prove themselves right again and again. So we we have to prove ourselves um, wrong about that belief system, change okay, the belief so system, if you have and a then little... o- the doors will open to attracting someone when you least expect it. Okay, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about questions such as whether it is or is not a good idea to date someone who might not be a good step-parent, and how to handle it if your kids are trying to sabotage your new relationship. We'll be back soon. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Sadly, that's wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, or co-parenting, there is a better way. Family Mediation. Save time, save money, and make good plans for your children. Visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at APFMnet.org. That's APFMnet.org. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions. Especially in cases of divorce, far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at com. Now, back to Family Matters. I'm Virginia Collin, talking with Rosalind Sadaka today on Family Matters about dating and relationships after a divorce. 
Rosalind has written some or co-authored, I don't remember which, so a couple of e-books that are free. So I want to make sure that she has a chance to tell you about that. And then we'll get back to questions about dating and considerations of uh, whether this person would be a good step-parent or dealing with your kids' sabotaging relationships. Tell us about the e-books, Rosalind. Well, thank you, yes. For those who need information on um, parenting after divorce and co-parenting and everything related to it, then just visit childcenteredivorce.com and right on the home page, just put in your email address and it'll be sent right to you, my ebook, Post-Divorce Parenting, Success Strategies for Getting It Right. For those of you who want information on dating um, in general and choosing the best partners, if you visit the website Women Dating After 40, that's 40, womendatingafter40.com, there's a wonderful book on answers to all your most frequently asked questions about dating and relationships, which you can get for free. Just give your email address. And if you're a man listening, just send me an email at info at womendatingafter40.com and I'll send you, there's a version for men as well. So we'll make sure men get that information. All right. Well, let's take the step-parent question. Some some people think um, if this person wouldn't be a good step-parent for my kids, then I don't want to be dating him or her at all. Other people think I'm looking for a partner for myself. In 10 years, my child is going to be grown up and out of the house. So it's not really smart to constrain my life choices to what's okay with my 10-year-old child. What are your thoughts about that? Personally, I would never bring into my life and my world a partner who didn't love and respect my children and who I didn't feel would be a good parent. Um, Even if they were adult children, if, if I didn't get a good feeling between them, I would hesitate because there's something in the character of that person that would question whether they belong in my world. My children have to come first, especially when they're uh, minors, and I want to make sure that the person who's in their life is going to treat them with love and respect. The, the uh, co-parent, the uh, step-parent, doesn't have to be, a, be another parent to them, and they could have a good relationship, but they certainly should have a, a loving and respectful relationship. So for me personally, um, I, I couldn't consider that. And even if with an older, older uh, child, there, there's something about an individual who doesn't seem to get along with your children that would just make me want to stop and think. Now, if I feel that my children are at fault and they're adults, then I could bring anyone into my life that I want because I'm making that decision for myself. But if, if they're not adults, then um, it's very important that I'm not harming my children psychologically by bringing in a, an entity in, in our family that um, creates competition, jealousy, tension, conflict, we don't want to do that to our children, and we owe it to them to 
be very protective in that regard. All right. Let's talk about kids, how, how kids react when you, you have been dating someone for a while. What's a good way to introduce this person to your kids? And Well, very slowly, as I said, you want, you want to um, have small, short, initial connections. So you may all, you know, go to McDonald's together for, for a quick lunch or, or go to the park together and throw the ball around, a picnic, uh, go to a movie together, and, and have in- increments where you, they're short and sweet and you could test the waters on all sides and then make it longer and longer and see what happens. Listen to your children, to what they say, what their feelings are, and see if what they're saying you feel is genuine or if they're misreading. Because children can be very eager to sabotage relationships for you. And, of course, that's not fair. And when I say sabotage, I mean from the very beginning they could, they could regularly have headaches and stomach aches and all kinds of boo-boos and wounds and, and things to, to keep you from having that date for shortening the date, from making the date a, a crazy experience for you. They can, they can be very rude in their behavior. So there you are sitting around the table together, and they could say mean-spirited things, act out, be belligerent, um, and, and embarrass you and embarrass your partner. Again, they're doing that because they are trying to keep you from bringing another person in the home. The more you, your children feel secure in their own relationship with their other parent, the less likely they are to create chaos with your bringing in another partner. So if someone is coming in and they feel they're replacing mom or dad with this other partner, they're going to be much more hostile than if this is a, this is a friend of yours and you're you're happy with them, they're happy with them, but they still have a relationship with their biological mother or father. So the nature of the divorce will affect a lot about the reaction of the children. Mm-hmm. Another way that the children will sabotage is they'll make um, comparisons and, and false compliments so that um, you're there with your partner and um, the, the child says, Mommy's much prettier than you, or Daddy, Daddy isn't as fat as you, or, or you know, those kinds of things, mean-spirited things, hoping that in their own way they can create some form of alienation. And it's hardest usually between um, children of age 9 to 14. They seem to have the most difficulty accepting this other partner into their life. They feel helpless and futile, and... They just don't like the fact that they have no power in in controlling this. So this takes a lot of communication and conversation and honoring your children and at the same time honoring yourself and your own needs and letting them know that you have a need and a desire to have friends and a social life and all the rest of that. And it doesn't mean they're going to be losing their other parent, or you in the process. I should probably mention, I did an interview on an earlier episode of this program, Family Matters, with Patricia Papernow, 
And mm-hmm. she has the most amazingly good advice for forming a step family or, you know, the early time when you're in a step family, how to make that all work well. Yes. Um, so if it's that's a situation. It, it is. It takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of effort on the side of, of all the adults involved. And it's something that needs to be eased in respectfully for the children. It can work, but it isn't an easy process, and one has to be very patient and honor the fact that that children have innocent psyches and they have needs and desires, fears and anxieties that were affected by the previous divorce, and so you have to tiptoe through the process and let them feel heard. The more heard they feel, the more open and receptive they are to someone new. Mm-hmm. We should maybe mention that you and I both have evidence that at least some of the time it does work out. You can start <laughs> dating again. You can get into a new relationship, and it might be a really good relationship, and it might last quite a while. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was single for about eight years after my divorce, and then I met my husband, and we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last year. And it was a, it was a wonderful um, experience meeting him and having this new relationship and, and moving ahead. And I have to say my son loves him. My, my son is still very close with his own father, but he loves my husband. Mm-hmm. And I was a single parent for approximately seven years before I married my second husband, and we have been together now for 16 years. So, yeah, sometimes it works out. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know when you have a keeper? How can other people tell when it's the right person, the right man or the right oh, woman that, that's, for you? That's a great question. And um, when, when you're with... Uh, a keeper, when you're with the right person, you feel it. You, you really don't have doubts because their qualities are such that they make you feel respected and loved. They have integrity. They, they um, put you as equally as important in, the, in their own lives. They um, share their lives with you. They're honest. They make you feel like you're really special and wonderful in their life. You feel like you belong, and you don't have doubts about that. You're also um, with, with someone who is um, not just hooked on romance. They're hooked on you, and there's a big difference from that. You feel emotionally respected, and they're available to you, especially during the, the, the tough times. Also, your family and friends like that person. They keep their agreements. They're dependable and trustworthy. You feel a synchronicity between both of you, and you share a common vision of the future together. That's really important, especially as we're aging, because if one person has a vision of the future where they want to stay home and and see the children and the grandchildren, and the other one wants to be a world traveler, well, that can be a, a problem in, in a relationship looking forward. So you really want to make sure your vision of the future is in sync 
and both of you feel comfortable being yourselves, you should never change yourself in order to be a partner, to please a partner, because that's too big a price to pay. So Got it. If, if your time is enjoyable and you're comfortable being together and being alone, then you've got a keeper. Okay, we've got maybe a half a minute left. What would you like to repeat for emphasis so that people take away some of what you wanted to teach them? Yes. Remember that you are a role model for your children. And so whatever you are doing and how you behave, your children are watching. And that is a a hugely important responsibility. So be the best you you can be. And don't rush into relationships out of neediness. Move ahead in a relationship only because you feel you have someone that's a worthwhile partner, worthy of spending time with you, and that that's the key to really being happy. Great. Thank you very much, Rosalind Sadaka. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow.